With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg. Then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash Real ID. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Fuck. 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 Shit. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. Shit. Horse piss. Fuck. Shit. Horse piss. Fuck. Shit. Horse piss. Son of a two-bolt bitch. Right, that's the expletives out of the way. It's the day trippers. The result was never in doubt once Casey touched down in Merseyside. With the Trippers' own Jonah turning up to witness the game live, the team put in an insipid display which required Villa keeper Shiprad Friedel to make exactly zero saves. So what in the name of Sonny Jesus went wrong? Well, joining me on the line, we will have pod debutant and writer par excellence Harry Sethi. Jay Riley will preview the West Ham game with us. And joining me in the bunker to speak about systems, personnel and managers... Our returning lost sheep, Dave of the Valley's Thomas. Uh, Molly will also have a little say in it. Creepy Formby stalker Andy Young is also going to add his opinion. And jinxing bastard Phil Casey is always here. Yeah! I suppose we have to begin with the unmitigated awfulness that was Liverpool nil, Aston Villa 1. Uh, some terrible feelings of deja vu here, folks. Uh, Liverpool contriving to lose to this lot yet again. Can you explain what... Rodgers is thinking, what's he up to persisting with a system that doesn't appear to suit our players? Uh, Harry, you might get us started on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, a mixture of two things, really. I think all, all, all the injuries that we've, we've suffered, particularly Allen's maybe, and um, it, it's, it's, sort of forced, it's sort of forced the team we had to play in the end, you know, throwing six starters in there, or, or six, you know, relatively new players, and two who never kicked a ball for us, really, 
in a competitive game too much. Um, but I think also part of it was maybe a bit of a, a, a fear for Gerard and and what Villa did to Gerard last time they came to Anfield. I mean, you could argue that you know this game is another example of where they've by you know. But by stopping Gerrard in a way, they have they have really affected the way we played. Mm. Um, I think Rogers put Henderson alongside Gerrard because he was worried of what Vyman and uh, I don't know maybe runs midfield like Westwood could could potentially do to Gerrard. Um, Agbonlahor definitely, uh, and I think it, you know we, we we've all seen you know Gerrard's never ever played well on a two. Um, uh, I think the whole world's are at the you know, in Brazil so. I don't really see why there's a reason to play him in a two other than maybe the injuries that we've suffered and and, and just maybe a lingering fear from from Rogers about what Villa may have done. I mean, they they targeted Gerard regardless, you know. But um, you know, we were really deep and really slow, and having Henderson that deep alongside him didn't help us. We know that you know he he couldn't couldn't be the um, the force that he is when he's further forward and. I think it really affected the pace of um, of of our game. Really, we, we couldn't create that much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even if even if Chan's fit, perhaps that that doesn't happen. But you know, with Allen and Chan out and Sterling playing, you know, two ninety minutes in a row, thanks to Roy, I mean, there's not maybe too many options he could have gone with. Yeah, that's that. That is interesting, Andy. Where where would you stand on that uh, idea of? Uh, the manager's decision to play Henderson alongside Jared, the manager's decision to go with a two midfield. Uh, Harry makes a very interesting point about maybe they was trying to look after him after the unfortunate incidents of last year. Is it that, or does he just lose his marbles against Aston Villa? What happened there? Well, maybe like a like a lot of us, uh, I kind of expected a little bit of pre- more pressure from Villa at the very beginning, like like last year. So mm. I think Rogers had in the back of his head. You know, you need to prevent what happened last year because he's thinking, why wouldn't they try that again? Yeah, it would work so effectively. Yeah, but instead, Villa were very patient, and we played a very patient game. And it was the whole thing where Rogers feels like you know, if you dominate possession, chances are you're going to win. And I was quite surprised that nothing changed at half time, but Rogers was seen to be kind of adamant that if they kept probing, kept probing, kept probing, they'd eventually score. Yeah. And in hindsight now, it's quite obvious it was the it was the wrong way to approach the game. Now the two the two in the middle, like I, I, being at the game, I, I felt very disheartened afterwards, and felt through the game, I felt like we never played well at all. But watching it back today, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm. And I actually thought that Jared and Henderson didn't do too bad. Like they one, one of them always got out of that deeper position if we were going forward. So it was never a case where like we were lacking bodies up t- at top ball. When you bring in two attacking fullbacks like Moreno and Mancullo and then you block them by playing wide fellas who want to stick on the line because Markovic wanted to stay in mm-hmm. on the line. Lallana stayed very wide. They can't get forward. So it just looked very dysfunctional. And then, then right in the middle was Balotelli completely isolated. And he got the... Like, I didn't really even notice on the day again, but he got the ship kicked out of him. Yeah. And he wasn't, ha- he wasn't a happy camper at all. Mm. And I think, like, you're relying on the wrong fella there if you want to dig out something, you know, I think he's going to be good for us when we we're playing well. Yeah. But there was a game that just, just didn't go well on the day, let's just say, like, you know, and it could have been totally different and we could be, we could be looking back and saying, 
you know, fair play to Rogers. He changed it there in a suit with if he had a scored early on. Or yeah, I mean, if he had got a goal, it only would have took us, you know, a good piece, set piece delivery. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's one of Villa would have had to come out then. And then we well, that's it. There's, there's a lot of revisionism yeah. goes on, isn't there? Because we all saw that lineup and we all thought, Jesus, that's, I mean, all the injuries we have, but that's a good looking team in ter- yeah. on paper at least. It looked a good team. And, and then, I mean, as we discussed before, it's not always the shape with, with Rogers, it's the, the philosophy and mm. the the pass and the quick moving and the tempo, but the tempo wasn't there. So it wasn't, I won't blame the t- formation as such, it was just the tempo wasn't there. Yeah. Um, let's face it, Markovic and uh, the Lalana, they're only they're only in the door. They're not really drilled into doing yeah. what they're supposed to do, like just quite yeah. So I think the two fellas could them could have done themselves more favours. Like they seemed to go out there and try not to give Rogers an excuse to drop them. But instead they should have went out and gave Rogers a reason to leave them in the team. Oh, yeah, I know. So there was limited risks being taken there. Yeah. Yeah. They were afraid to lose the ball and afraid to and again, looking back at them, they were just two very ordinary performances. I won't say they were shit. It was just ordinary. <laughs> you, know, I, I say you did it, afterwards. I did. <laughs> but I felt like they were terrible yeah. at the time. I yeah. felt like I felt like it was all their fault because looking at the back four and looking at Gerard and Henderson, the way they operated, I didn't think, you know, from their back was too bad. Mm. But it just felt like Coutinho, uh, Balotelli, Markovic, Lalana just lacked some it'll you know they lacked all the ideas yeah like, can i ask you you two boys were at the game um just to get away from the actual analysis of the game for me we'll get back to it but the the atmosphere again f- filtered through the tv seemed shock, yeah and shocking. i think that's what that's what had me down was it as well i think i think I, I i felt because it was so quiet it's the quietest i can remember and i know it's got quieter over the years it has done but i felt that uh, there was a lot of giving out and groaning for a team at a team that was nearly winning the league last yeah, yeah, year, yeah, yeah. it's strange. Like that, that should still shouldn't really bear expectation. Yeah. Like look at the t- look at the two teams that are fighting it out for that league probably this year. Like, you know, we are a good bit behind, so you can't really you, sh- you shouldn't feel down just because it's a difficult game against Aston Villa. Yeah, it was, because it, they it, generally make it difficult. It was for quite. Us. It was, I have to say, it's quite irritating when you're not there and you can't influence at all, even by yeah. shouting and roaring. Phil, did you feel the same? Did, did it feel quiet to you in, in the stadium? Yeah, and if we can, I'd like to talk about that in Tripper's chats as a general thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can yeah. Do no, 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 seriously, because I think it is—it's an interesting um, concept in terms of the way the the ground is and the way the the the, the seating and everything is set yeah. up. So I'd, I'd like to talk about it then. Okay. But it, at, on the actual day itself, like after you never walk alone was finished, there was almost fifteen twenty minutes before the crowd sang a song. Yeah. Mm. Like and, and genuinely mm. in fact I was sitting in I was in the main stand sort of down towards where the Villa fans are and they spent 20 minutes taking the piss out of the Liverpool fans for mm. you know calling us a liar breed or going shh all this type of, where's your famous atmosphere mm. you know that type of thing mm. and there was there was nothing coming back at them. Yeah. Well we as you say we, there, there are multiple reasons for that but it certainly doesn't help. Um Dave let's get back to the game itself the the goal itself was a catalog of errors I, I guess you could say. Uh, maybe one particular. Um, how do you feel uh, our back four is developing? Um, do you see signs of, of 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 them gelling? Are you hopeful about how it's going to pan out? Um, an awful lot of people were saying an awful lot of knee jerky stuff in the immediate aftermath. So, I mean, let let me talk in general, and then I talk about the goal. Right. So, first of all, I think we said, if you said at the beginning of the season, what's our best back four? Right. 95% of people, of the players we have available, will say this is our best back four. 
right? Yeah. So when Lovren starts with Skirtle, everyone is going, got to play Sarko, got to play Sarko, right? So finally Sarko gets a game. And, you know, I think we it was said on this pod, you know, got to give them 10 games. You can't be chopping and changing. You've got to give them 10 games, right? So mm. they play two games together. They've conceded one goal. In mm. the, that back four, right? And I thought... What happened against Spurs is they were a little, little rusty in the beginning, but after halftime, they worked it out. They totally, they knew what they were doing, totally dominant. Against Aston Villa, they were shaky for 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, they worked it out. Now, they weren't under a lot of pressure because Villa was sitting back. So as Andy said, they were, it's not like they were being tested a lot. But there was no scary moments after the, after the goal goes in. So my feeling on the back four is that it, it is the best back four we've got. It is better than what we had last year. I like what they're trying to do. I like the fact that Lovren and Sacco are proactive, kind of go and win everything, win it high, get us going, get us on the front foot. I like that they do that. The downside of this, right, is that occasionally they're going to look stupid. Yeah. Because they're mm-hmm. going to going to come and try and win something and they're not yeah, going to win it. They look right? exposed. But it's easy to drop say a Carragher into that back four or Skirtle because this is what mm-hmm. Skirtle does who drags it back five yards and just sits in with all, everything in front of them you know win the first try and win the first ball then drop try and win the first ball then drop we don't do that so I am happy for now well not happy obviously but I, I think that the mistakes we're making are for the greater good because we are playing better in terms of this goal you know uh, it's never a corner. Should never be a corner mm. for a couple of reasons. And uh, I actually think uh, let Phil talk about mini legs. I think he had some observations about that. So it's never a corner. Sacco's got to clear that ball. Mm. Uh, Lovren gets into a struggle, which centre halves do. Right? This is this is you know watch any game, any set piece, any corner. Centre halves and strikers get into it. Sometimes the striker gets in first. Sometimes the centre half gets in first. Nine times out of ten, the ball doesn't go near him, so it doesn't make a difference. Uh, Sendros wins the wins the header. And for me, and I watched it again today, three players at least should clear that second ball. Mm. Uh, Manquillo gets fouled, but I still think he could get a foot to it. Gerard decided to body pop or something in the middle of the goal. Lalana moves from one side of the goal to the other, and Mignolet does his best jellyfish impression. You know, yeah. So, yeah, it's Lovren is at fault. It's a shambles. Yeah. But... If you're telling me the f- none of four players react to that second ball in the box, Agbon Lahore, he doesn't even kick the ball. It kind of falls off his leg mm-hmm. and rolls in. I mean, mm-hmm. I, Phil could have ran from the stand into the goal and saved it. That's how slow it went. <laughs> so as far as I'm yeah. concerned... We in, can, in, in my mighty red costume. In your mighty in red costume. We, <laughs> we, can, we, can, you know, we can blame the... There's, there's, it's a clusterfuck of a goal. Yeah. But it, is, it isn't solely because Lovren loses his man, because Lovren does lose his man... But that happens in every penalty box, in every game, 10 times a game, and nine times out of 10, he won't get punished for it. But we should also win the second ball. Phil, talk to me about Mignolet and talk to me about the, uh, the, the corner. Yeah, it's, um, I wrote a thing after the Southampton game commending Mignolet for an improved performance and that he was more proactive, he was higher up in his box, he was coming for crosses, he was being commanding, he was he was coming out and you know, he was he was taking pressure off the centre backs when the ball was coming through, he was in a higher position so he was able to take it. Since the City game, he's reverted right the way back to what he was like at the start of last season. He's mm. he's he's glued to the line again. It takes him a long while to move up in the box as the defence moves out. As the ball is played through for that goal, for, for what leads on to the actual corner itself, Mignolet 
makes a shout at Sacco, and it wasn't an away shout. Like you know, you can tell the difference because normally his hands are out and he and he's screaming away in terms of what it is. And for for what I read was, and I was at that time because it was early in the game, I said right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay a, a fair bit of attention to Mignolet because you can't really there's no real stats in in the market about for goalkeeping. So I was trying to look at his position and the whole lot, and I wasn't anticipating you know Villa getting a goal early against us, and then you're you're, you're sort of engrossed in the actual match as it goes on. Mm. And um. So I, I'm, I'm firmly of the belief that Mignolet has indicated to Sacco to, to, that he's coming for the ball or to let the ball run through. Uh, yeah. And then he either realises that the ball isn't moving as quickly as he thought and doesn't come. So Sacco then has to react to what's going on and concedes the actual corner. He does get his legs in a, in a bit of a tangle when he, when he turns around and then it ends up give, in the possess, in a, giving away the concession to the corner. But you know, had he, given, had he screamed at Sacco an away shout Given that the ground wasn't like massively noisy, so you couldn't like you could hear shouts that were going on on the actual pitch itself. I'm just I'm there going, Jesus man, you know that's that's the type of stuff that's that's goalkeeping 101. You know, be clear and concise in your direction mm. to your your defender. If you're giving him a hint to you know to come back to you or whatever, then you've got to commit yourself. Like if that was Loris, and I hate comparing goalkeepers, but if you go back to Sacco playing for Spain, if that's Loris, Loris gives a shout and he'll commit and he'll just go. He'll just go and, he, and Sacco will be, you know, will turn. He'll go with him to try to shepherd the ball back or provide protection to his goalkeeper. And, and centre halves of his size are able to generally shepherd the ball back, even if it turns into a bit of a 50 50 situation. Then you fucking complain afterwards, you know. Mm. That was a shit shout. Don't fucking do it again. Just let me know to clear the ball or something like that. So, and. That feeds its way through the game because he's so indecisive throughout the whole game. Christ, he comes for about two or three corners or, or starts to come and moves two, three yards and it looks like, and then he drops back onto his line again as, as it's coming. And to me, it just it, we're talking about the 20 minutes. That's when they had that little spell. That's when they were getting the corners and the whole lot. Mm. And for me, it's almost like that indecisiveness sort of almost, you know, then goes through the rest of the back four that's there. I'm quite disappointed because he he played so well against Southampton. I was saying, yeah, this kid can actually step up another another, and he's not a kid. He's 26 this year. He's, he's heading towards 27. You know, he he's coming into the the age that you imagine a goalkeeper's going to be starting to put in his big performances and make a big difference. And there's just he's just so indecisive. And it's interesting that this week is the first time I've seen Rodgers come out and openly criticise Mignolet in the press. And I mean, like openly, and he he rarely comes out with with a hard message unless the fella is c- coming towards you know a, a point where his career or sorry his position is coming under threat in the actual team. And you know, with the rumours of Valdez and all, it doesn't surprise me that that Rogers has been out in the actual press about it. I think what, the worry the worry from he said that Mignolet needs to be a lot more commanding, a lot more vocal in the box, and be a better organiser of oh. defence. And he's never he's never even with, even with Reina. He, despite all that was going on, he never came out and said something like that in terms of what was the, there. The worry with Mignolet right now for me is that, you know, you've always been able to make the argument that, you know, the good thing he does outweighs the bad, right? That he makes, you know, he makes saves that he shouldn't make. He, you know, he he makes solid saves and he was a great shot stopper and all this kind of stuff. But I think, you know, the game against City, you know, you know he should do better. And I think that, you know, when you see him then, the goal we could see yesterday, it's not a, it's not he's flapped it across. The ball's in front of him. Mm. The ball's mm. in front of him moving at four miles an hour. And as a goalkeeper, he doesn't have the reaction or the presence of mind to, to collect the ball and to win the second ball, even if he's just booting it away. You know, I just mm. So for me, it's like when you start, I've always been really defensive about him because I thought, he, you know, if you look at his first season with us, he made so many saves that outdid his flaps. Mm. But I just feel like, you know what happens with goalkeepers where their brain, it just, it's a point of no return. Yeah. It's like uh, when um, Forlan scored, 
yeah, against, against Dudek. Uh, Dudek. And mm. he was just never the same after that. Mm. Never the same after that. And that's my worry with him. Or even that. when the, the, the 0-9-10 season, sorry, the 10-11 season when Hodgson was there for six months with, with Reina. Yeah. His confidence just goes, his form went, and that was the end of Reina. That's it. And I just, I'm worried Harry, about Harry, you, you did a big article, well, a, a podcast, and you've done, done a great article as well on, on Anfield Index about the defensive errors. Looking at that, what was your take on, on, on what went on in the back? Because, to be honest with you, like, after, despite the goal, and I know it was, it was six minutes into the game, Outside the set pieces, they were fairly solid. Or, or, or was I was I imagining things? No, I mean I I slightly differ on 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 Dave's opinion on it. I mean I think I, I, from watching it over and over again, I mean it, it looks like Lovren does his best skirtle impression. Really, I mean he he yeah. never he never gets in a, into a position where he's 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 prioritizing you know, attacking that ball. You, you know, just, just clearing it. You know. Focus on nothing else but you know meeting that ball and clearing it. He you know properly grabbing onto Sandros and yeah, you, uh, like Dave said, every now and then you are going to lose one of those you know one of those wrestling matches and you, you give away quite a lot by losing that first header. I mean we've seen Skull do it with Company countless times. He, he always loses it. You know he, you, you he never wins that battle. Um, but no, I, I agree about Minule. I mean I think it's been exaggerated more in the games that have happened so far because. I think, like you were saying, he he is he he is attempting to transition, or or at least trying to do things differently. You, know, you can you can you, you can notice the position and you know, the starting position in the box. He he did try and come, but then you can see how fragile his confidence is, and and, and how he's just he's not comfortable with it at all. So I mean, if if we are going for Valdez, with you know the, the rumors have died down a bit, really, but that that strikes me as a weird one as well because. You, know, you, you speak to Barca fans and they you know, they rave about his last season with the club and you know, great shot stopper, good personality, and you know, great with the ball, you know, good sweeper. But the one thing he's not and never has been is a good. You know, he doesn't command the box very well from set pieces. That's the one thing he he doesn't do. So, I mean, me and Dave were speaking about this earlier. I mean, Valdez could be a short term option, but we, I, I, I wouldn't really be too comfortable with him in the long run because I think although he's better in some instances he's he suffers from the same the same sort of weaknesses but I mean would we would we be happy with Mignolet just doing what he's comfortable with and you know being that shot stopper and at least the centre-backs would then know he's not coming you know for anything I, th- I think the problem we've got right now is that the whole defence has moved up five yards mm. and Mignolet hasn't, hasn't moved he hasn't so I think the problem you've got is that there's no way Lovren turns into the defender that drops five yards, right? So, mm-hmm. and if you bring Skirtle back in and he does start dropping, then that's going to cause some of the issues that we go we saw against uh, against City. So, if, I, I just if I, we bring if we bring Valdez as just just coming up to Harry's point in terms of what he is, right? If we bring Valdez in, he would be the equivalent of when Arsenal brought Lehman in to the Arsenal side, right? He's not going to look commanding in the air. But what he is is he's an he's incredibly unorthodox in the same way Lehman was an unorthodox in his goalkeeping, but he will play five yards higher, yeah. and he'll be a lot more comfortable with the ball at his feet. So if you, you're talking, he, he he ticks nearly every box apart from you know being a Schmeichel on the crosses in terms of what it is, mm. and he's going to frustrate people in his style of play because that but that it's very effective. His stop shots, he has some of the best shot stopping mm. attributes in terms of what they had in Spain and one more clean sheets. Now of course that comes from playing at Barcelona, but there's a lot in there. You know he was left exposed and awful lot of the times when he was playing for Barcelona as well because 
they were hardly no defence of the year most of the time. You know, they left them so open. If Mignolet so. never came for a shot, but swept up after the defence, yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. I swear to God, if he if he flapped at everything that came in the box, because the you know the percentage of set pieces that you concede from is so small. You know, the reality is I wouldn't care if he never caught the cross. Mm. What I worry about is like on Saturday, the ball's coming back towards him. Masako really wants his keeper to come and get it so he can shepherd the defender away and the keeper mm. comes to get the ball or whatever. And I just, that that's my worry right now is, uh, uh, it's, fuck the crosses. Tell it, you know, if I was the coach, I'd be saying, don't worry about crosses. Just move five yards off your line and if you see the ball coming towards you, shout and come and get it. Mm. Right, well, that's... I think the thing, sorry, I mean, I, I, was ahead, say, I, I think the thing that worries me about it is I'm not sure the centre-backs actually know what Mignolet is going to do yeah. because of the early signs we saw of him trying to change his game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we, we saw it last season as well. I mean, we, we knew after about 10 games that he wasn't coming off his line. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Skirtle or you know, Aga didn't realise that. But, you know, this season where it's clear he has tried initially to, to change his game and he, he might still be trying, he might you know, still be getting receiving that coaching. I don't think the centre-backs know if he's coming or not. And that that indecision is is even worse for me. So I'd I'd rather we just pick one, and the centre backs know exactly what he's going to do. But yeah, to do that, you need to be more vocal as well. And, you, and like Phil says, if if that shout was wrong, then yeah, there's, there's nothing a centre back can really do about that. That's that's just poor keeping. So sure, how would they know? Like they don't know each other at all. Yeah, really. What's they that? They're not familiar with each other's games. Oh, like no, Sacco Minule of 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 all yeah. the players are the ones that have been there. Since you know, since last season, they did last season together. So you know, okay, but Sacco was in and out of team, and you know, he, he hasn't, he still hasn't really settled. And like the, you I, wouldn't, you wouldn't describe. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know, Sacco should just play percentages and ignore the show from Minule. But at the same time, if a goalkeeper shouts and gives the and, and tells him, you know, to come back to me or, or whatever it is that he, he shouted mm. at him, right? Mm. Then the defender is, is is at the liberty of the shout that went on. If he changes his mind. The only thing the defender can do then is try to retrieve the actual situation. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what, in my opinion, Saka did. The only thing that he possibly did wrong was that he gave the corner away. Had he given a throw away? Yeah. He got it, you know, it was the change of mind that sort of, you know, then he can't readjust his feet. Then, yeah. he's, then he's given away a corner. If he, mm. if, if, if he, if, 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 I don't know how you get more alert to, oh no, hang on, I've changed my mind. And then, you know, you're ready for putting it out. Because if, 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 if the centre half is thinking that way, then he's got no faith in his goalkeeper. And that's mm. that's that's a bigger issue because it's, then I mean, it's a poor goal all over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a poor goal all sure, over. Sure, even the corner, like yeah. I, 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 for a split second, I looked as the corner was hitting. I was thinking, Geez, that's an awful looking corner. Yeah. You know, it was so s- slowly, kind of just punched it in towards the near post. And I was thinking, geez, like you don't often see a corner like that in the Premier League. Yeah. You normally the whole zip goal in the went in in like fucking bullet time, yeah. and yeah. you were watching a normal time going, "What is going on?" Yeah, yeah, lads falling over backwards. It was weird. Like, was I thought the ref had blown for it yeah. because it was so quiet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scored. I thought the yeah. ref had blown. I thought yeah. you twatty. I've scored there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually took the Villa fans yeah. a few seconds to realise that it was a goal. Yeah. I, I actually think that they thought. Something because yeah. the way Manquillo falls yeah. over, I thought they thought yeah. there was a there was a free out after yeah. being given. The, the man of the ball kind of went into the goal like it, was, it didn't it even was look just like, like the whistle has gone and yeah. people have left it. Yeah, you know, Andy, let's move to the far side of the pitch now. I'm quoting some excellent television punditry that I saw at the weekend. Lalana, shit. Coutinho, shit. Markovic, shit. Balotelli, shit. Uh, uh, the the uh, actually oh actually that was you. <laughs> Sky Sports new Monday night football yeah. correspondent. Yeah. Now I know for a fact that you revise your opinion on that, uh, and it was it was, it was it was it was heated at the moment and all the rest of it. Uh, 
Um, what what was it that, that that you thought was the reason? Having seen it now and seen it a, a, a little bit of the game again, why were they so out of sync? Was it just simply just too many new faces in it? Because I was at the game. Yeah, like it was a bit. Well, apart from the fact that Phil was there, yeah, we're coming to that. For two players like that to make their um, their their debut was such, yeah. you know, a home on starting. It's gonna be di- it's gonna be difficult. You can't really accommodate so many debutants like that, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And then when you look la- last year, like obviously St- uh, Suarez was our biggest threat, and then Sturridge, and then Sterling. Now you remove all of them all at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what you expect to kind of happen. Like they, Lallana is a decent player. He's not going to just jump up to the plate and all of a sudden this fella's going to start banging goals in. Or, mm. And Markovic for all is waffling. Like I mean, I think he should. That was proof. Now he needs to shut his mouth. Yeah, uh, because he's not. He's not. All, he's not going to just like take this Premier League by storm. Mm. Like he's to me, he hasn't impressed me at all. Mm. Um, but you see potential, he, he, right? I, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But he it, to, to me, it was it was just as I said earlier, they they just didn't want to give Rogers an excuse to drop. They didn't want to lose the ball, and then they're out of team whatever on Tuesday, or they're out of team next week. They wanted to just a nice handy debut there and not do anything wrong. Mm. But unfortunately, we needed somebody on the pitch that was going to take the well, especially in the attacking areas, and take the game with a scruff of the neck. Yeah. And across them three, there wasn't. Now I thought Coutinho was again. He's he started slow like he did last year, and I didn't think he was great. But they didn't do him any favors. Like you know, a little bit more movement up front. Yeah. You know. It was very static, you know, like, I mean, Jesus Christ, Rogers has the players buzzing around, and why, why, like, why weren't they, yeah. you know, but again, they're new, and that's, you're going to have that, even if, even if Lalana only started, and somebody else played, or Sterling played, you could accommodate one, mm. so I think, again, it's just communication, and similar to what's been happening at the back, mm. bit of communication, yeah. it should have been rectified at half time, because it was pretty much, the same thing again. Yeah, like there was no desperate, there was no desperation. Like there was no fuck. You know, when United were winning all the time, at the at the very end, it fuck everything as a team. Yeah, didn't see the sense in bringing Balotelli off. Mm. You you put every every attacking threat on, and you crowd the box. Mm. I mean, there was times when they were floating crosses in. So we'll keep floating the crosses in when you have players in the box. There was no sense in bringing Balotelli off. Like you know, you, you get get everyone, and you might as well lose two 0 or three 0 And then the, go- the golden chance does drop to uh, chap who's just woefully out of form and confidence. <laughs> uh, Phil, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, I I I think you know there's 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 two elements to this. You've got a lot of attackers making their debut. Yeah, right at their, at their home debut in mm. in Balotelli's case as well. And um, on on the flip side of it, they're playing in a, in a formation. That if you had said the week beforehand, what formation will they are they likely to line up in? You wouldn't have said that formation, mm. okay? Which is sort of brought on because of the injuries. We've, we lost two of our centre midfielders during the week. I thought a simple change, um, and we could have done it after 25, 30 minutes because it was quite glaring. Was you could have dropped Coutinho back in. You could have gone back to the diamond, dropped Coutinho into the the the, the centre midfield, and put Lalana in as the ten, and moved Markovic in beside Balotelli. To, you know, to give to give that pace, to give that thing around him, so that mm. the the two centre backs were occupied, as opposed to two, the two centre backs being able to kick the shot out of Balotelli up top on his own. And I watched Balotelli. What Balotelli did after about twenty minutes was he, he started going looking for space on the pitch. Now people were saying, oh, you know, he was drifting, but what what, what he was again, it comes back to a point that Andy made earlier on. He naturally dra- gravitates in, in the way. 
at Suarez does, he naturally gravitates out to the left-hand side of the pitch. So now what you had was you had Lallana hugging the touchline, you had Moreno trying to get into space because that's how mm. he plays the game, and you also had Balotelli over on that side because that's where he wants to attack from. Yeah. And we had nothing. When what, what What's needed there is when Balotelli comes out, he's creating space for Lallana to attack from the left flank to go central and start to just pull players around because the centre-backs were coming with him and creating space in behind him. The couple of times... We do that. The couple of times Lallana went in behind Balotelli are the ones where Balotelli was able to get the lay off to him and he got the shot away that, w- that was close. Mm. That Balotelli was able to turn a defender, get a shot away, the deflection off Hutton's header that just went wide well, of the yeah, post. Yeah. And then conversely, the, the Markovic chance, um, Balotelli had, had, had pulled, to the, pulled away, taken one of the centre-backs, oh, Markovic cuts inside, yeah. Mankia was able to get down the right flank then, whip the ball across and... I, I, I totally believe it. Markovic not gone for the header. Had he let it go, Balotelli was, 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 ba- yeah. was banging on his yeah, head yeah. For, for, for an easy an easy header into the goal. Yeah. So there's a bit of... It's the two bits that happen there. You've got a, a, a different shape in mm. terms of what the players are probably expecting to play. You have no rectification when you could see that the shape wasn't working out in terms of how they play on the pitch. And then you've also got, you know, the, the, the whole issue of just a, a lack of movement. So when continuous on the ball, he was taking one, two, three touches and nobody was moving from him because they, I, I don't think they were quite sure what the movement was meant to well, be. Well, that's it. Andy mentioned earlier on, there needs to be someone on the pitch who's setting the tempo like, like Suarez did, uh, like Sturridge does, like Sterling does when he starts. And there's nobody setting that pace and nobody setting that tempo. So you've, yeah. got, you've got lads kind of buzzing around you know, not really getting them. You don't have to be Louis Suarez to be a busy. That's exactly man. it, and and you it know. looks sadly lacking yeah. from what we could see on the TV. Yeah, it, anyway. it just looked. It just looked to me like uh, Balotelli was very easy to handle on the day, yeah. and again, so, so are Markovic and and Lallana. Yeah, but that 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 that's that's something that if you, even if you look at storage, he doesn't get across the back four as say Suarez does. He presses but at, who at does, certain points, yeah. and and that's the thing. You can't you can't equate. You know, Suarez is unique. He's he's uh, in the way he presses back the back four because nobody really does it like him. No, but there, uh, when when you're missing that and the movement, yeah. that you know yeah. it's it's a big loss. Yeah. Harry, what did you think of the substitutions um, uh, and the way in which Brendan used them? Um, is it another is it another sort of reason where he's maybe a little bit culpable for the result, or do you think he actually handled the substitutions quite well? Uh, I mean, Sterling, there's not really much. You can fault him for that. I mean, you could tell he wanted to protect him. He, he came out in the media and spoke about you know, the need to protect uh, Sterling. And you know, after two, you know, two ninety minutes, where he definitely put a hell of a lot of effort into those England games, so you can't, you can't just, you, know, you can understand him, 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 him waiting to bring him on, and it was might have been tempting to make it earlier, but I understand that one. I mean, with with Barini and Lambert. Uh, I don't really see the point of bringing both of them on, actually. Um, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I do see the point considering bad Sally went off. But for me, I would have, I would have, I would have um, given Barini a start, actually. And, and and that's like, yeah, it, it probably won't, you know, not everyone will agree with that. But, yeah, the one thing Barini does give you, and it's, you know, famous on Twitter now, that his, uh, you know, his famous movement. Um, so you can... That's the one thing I thought was lacking. You know, next to Balotelli, I thought whenever we looked slightly threatening, which wasn't very often, it was when Markovic drifted in mm. um, centrally, where he, he seemed a lot more comfortable drifting in. I mean, got into some good positions. Um, I think if you remember that Moreno, if if Moreno cro- you know, yep. he, yep. He looked across it to him, for, it, was, it was a tap in. It was in a good position, but um, I, I thought he looked he looked good whenever he drifted centrally, and that and that gave. 
you know, gave Baratelli some sort of, you know, partner who could, you know, just to distract him you know, for a little bit and give him a bit of space. So I would have, I was surprised we, we went with Baratelli up front on his own because I, I just don't think against that sort of defense or that sort of, you know, those sorts of tactics, he's, he's not really going to do much without, without movement really, you know, cutting in and supporting him. So the subs, the subs were what they were. I mean, I, th- I think I think you could say neither of them had any sort of impact whatsoever. Uh, I, I'm not sure how many touches Barini even got. I mean, I, I, saw, I saw his first one was that he kicked it straight off the pitch. Um, yeah, which, yeah. Which, from the troll. <laughs> yeah, which you know, I mean, I I like the guy, but you know, that, that couldn't have been that couldn't have been good. Uh, so. Oh, well, well, and when he does it, like you can just hear it, the groan that went around. Was just, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's just—I I think it's—it's it's, it's really, it's, it's not going to help the guy, is it? I mean, he's—you—you you, you can see he was disappointed. He was disappointed as anyone to come off the, pit, off the pitch, and his first touch was that. I mean, oh, yeah. he was—he was clearly up for it. I mean, he's, you know, trying to buzz around, but I don't think it was the right. Well, I, I would like—I'd like to have seen had an impact, but I don't think it was the right situation, really. I mean. Mm. It was the only call Rogers could have made. Maybe he could have made it earlier. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That 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 is the interesting thing, and that's one of the things that's level at him. That he's very, he's very rigid, and when when he makes substitutions and 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 the way in which he goes about it. Dave, the other man that came on uh, with Barini Lambert, talk to me about his impact. The um, Scouse Aspas. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> talk, to, talk to me. Talk to me about uh, Ricky Lambert. How do you feel he did? Apart from obviously he did miss a glorious chance. Well, I mean. Of all the things that happened on Saturday, the thing I would be most critical of Brendan for is not making a change earlier. And earlier, I would, yeah. I would have brought Lambert on to play up top with Balotelli and then gone to the diamond with Sterling in the 10, drop Coutinho deeper. Uh, personally, that's what I would have done. I think I think Lambert taking Saturday aside, but I actually think every game he's come on, he's done okay. Yeah. Like, I think he's actually, I think he won, you know, he changed the game for us against Southampton. I think he looked good against City when he came on. Didn't have to do anything against Spurs. And then yesterday, I think, I just don't think it, that's a Hail Mary pass for Lambert yesterday, right? You throw him on with Barini. We're 1-0 down against a packed defence. What the fuck's he going to do? You know, it's Well, just, when the ball comes to him on the left-hand side of the box, it, it, it's obvious what you should do. Um, but like he doesn't even make contact with the ball. Is that a guy who's is, is hopelessly out of confidence? I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure his confidence isn't sky high when you know his manager gets asked in a press conference beforehand. Is this a chance that maybe Ricky Lambert will start him? Uh, Roger says, "Well, if he doesn't, he'll start against Middlesbrough." You know, I think that's not exactly a, a you know a motivation you know injection for him. Mm. Yes, he should do better. Yes, he should have done better in. But so did, so should everyone on a Saturday. I just think, you know, it's difficult to judge Lambert when you're putting him in next to, you know, Barini, who, for me, you know, he's just not good enough. Like, yeah, I mean, I see what Lambert brings. I don't see what Barini brings to this side. Mm. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I'm amazed that he threw Barini on at the same time. So I would have brought Lambert on 10 minutes earlier, given him 10 minutes with Balotelli up front, mm. said, okay, let's go to the diamond. Let's see what we can do. Um, Lambert's got, you know, got a lot about his game that he's not showing at the moment that's the reality of it right and that's either confidence or we're not playing him right or whatever it is um, he may never work out Lambert right he may never work out but uh, you know in the grand scheme of things that's not going to be the difference between us being successful or not well, mm-hmm. on him right uh, 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 and he's better than Aspas just well, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing Dave if, if it wasn't Ricky Lambert and it was somebody else if that was Divock Origi instead of Ricky Lambert and he was putting in those performances right people would be calling him the new and go 
and and that's straight up because people will be really despondent with the type of performance that was put in. Think that's true. I think it is. I think there's a lot to do that we are more. Uh, lenient with how we see players that are seen as you know local boys and all that type of stuff with you know big backstories you know and give them a chance to get in the side but one thing I will that, that, that frustrated me when he did come on was that our, our set piece delivery doesn't change to suit him now, and I'm not mm. saying he's the archetypal big man, mm. but he's going, he's pulling to the back post, looking for either a knockdown or a, to get a thing away, and we're still playing all our set pieces yeah, to the front post, mm. and they're getting cleared nearly every and single crosses, time. Yeah. Now, one of the good things that we were last year was we were brilliant. We, we, we scored the most goals off set pieces, and we haven't looked threatening at all this year from set pieces when mm. when, when it's come to it. Mm. It's like we've forgotten all the good things that we did last year, and arguably we have better players for scoring set-piece goals mm. than, we, than we had last year. Mm. Um, and that was, that was the one frustration, that if you're going to put him in there, and we are really pressed on against Villa at this stage, at least give him some quality delivery that he, that he can that, work on. That's off. my point, right? You know, you, can't, you don't put him on there and not change your game to play him. I mean, to be honest with you, right, as a Welshman who lives in Ireland, I'm not any more disposed of Ricky Lambert because he's from fucking Liverpool. I don't care where he's from. I, I mean, it's more that I don't want to write anyone off after four games. You know, I don't want to make a, a decision on a player after four games that says he is this or he's that, he's not good enough. Mm. I think he may never be good enough, but until we use him right and until we give him a chance and say, okay, we're going to play you in a system that works for you in a way that works for you. I, I just I don't see what he's ever going to do. Yeah, he's on a hiding to nothing, isn't he? Andy? I don't, know, do I don't understand why we're talking about not us uh, specifically, but everyone that he's such an integral player in the squad. He was brought in to come on off exactly. Like, yeah. You know, Sturridge yeah. doesn't play ninety minutes. He was brought on for that job. He's not being brought in to bolster our attack. Like we know he's proven in the Premier League he scores lots of goals but look this is a fella that's being brought in to come off the bench and you know fill a gap um, he's going to have to take it's going to take a while for him to get used to not playing for a start mm. we're playing week in week out for Southampton 90 minutes exactly yeah you know so um like it could take more, it could, could take more while to get used to that as well. Which could easily explain why you yeah. might, you miss a chance like the one he had. Yeah, but his touch does seem to be, and even the little cameo he had for England, like he is tidy on the football. Ah, know? yeah. Look, I th- I think he's a, a very decent player. Like yeah. you know, um, but like what I just don't know why everyone is like going on as if this is like some sort of replacement for Suarez. Yeah. It's not the case. Yeah. Like we, we have- get off his fucking back. Like I mean. We have a player coming in, like, you know, in Balotelli, and he's not done much either. Mm. But, like, we're all expecting magic out of him. And cutting him know. every break. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's funny the players that get a break. So, you know, Raheem Sterling is a wonderful player, right? He's going to be world class. But when he hits Henderson, that's the worst miss than Lambert's miss. Yeah. Right? Sterling should score that rebound. Or he should at least hit the target there. That's hitting the corner flag. But nobody is, nobody's, you know, uh, debriefing after the game saying, Sterling missed a chance. I'm just giving an example of, like, you know, we forgive <coughs> so much in certain Exactly. Players, people, yeah, people you know, zone just, in. Just other bef- people, we just... Just before yeah. we wrap up, I know we mentioned that Coutinho. If, if you look at when we changed shape yeah. in, that, in that second half, and Coutinho got to play in that position... He 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 comes alive, and for twenty minutes he was he was he was the best player on the park for us, and he gets that chance. Yeah, and Moreno as well. It was going back to what I said about the first half, the way it was overloaded down the left hand side, and Moreno can't affect the game. He only affects it once when he got a bit of space. Balotelli played the lovely ball around the corner, and then Moreno gets onto it. What goes? To, the, the the issue there was Moreno's first thought was to shoot after Spurs. Yeah, hesitates for a second, then looks to square to Markovic as he's coming in. 
if he shoots he probably scores in, in, in my opinion do you know what I mean and, and that, that was the only yeah. issue with that one but you know again we reverted the diamond as, 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 as I'll say when we come up to the, the West Ham preview um, the, <laughs> I, I, I definitely think our, the diamond should be our default formation and only if that's not working should we look to change the formation I know occasionally might do but I definitely we've played four games now Three of them we've played the four two, a variation of four two three one, yeah. and we haven't performed well in it. The one game we've played with the diamond, we've battered Spurs off the well, park. Right, that's that's I, what I that's just don't think. Sorry, on the four two three one, I I'm eighty percent with you, right? But I just well, I'd like to see it if we could do it with if Coutinho is going to play ten, you can't play Lalana as a winger. No, right? no, and I'm with you there, right? And you also can't play Coutinho left wing, which is what we did the first time we played it um, yep. against Southampton. Yep. So if we're going to play it, play He's Coutinho the right as the 10, yeah. play Sterling and say Markovic as the wingers behind um, either Sturridge or Balotelli. Mm. Let's play the play. If we're going to, if he's going to mm. do that system, try it with players who can actually play it. So, so for me, it's not the system. It's that you cut, you put in a system and then you put in players who aren't good enough in that system to make it work. And, and that's, that's as, as, as we've said before, I think that's Rogers' first brain, real brain fart of the yeah, season. I agree. Mm. And he seems to be, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the occasion. Sorry, Harry. The, the, the last thing on that was to say, I think if you're going to play a four-two-three-one uh, again, um, you you don't play Gerard for me. Mm. That's yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's the truth of it. I mean, you're mm. talking about players who, who suit that system in, in the front three. That's that's fine. But if if you're going to play a two in midfield, you 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 can't play Gerard. Yeah. And there's there's a number of, of of players who I think we have that would function well on a two. Right? I think there's plenty of, of you know, combinations that we, we could choose, but you, you have to make that decision you know, sometime in this season. And may, maybe if it gets to the point where we're rotating Gerard for fitness with Champions League and stuff, we, we may finally see you know, that two without, mm-hmm. you know, without Gerard. I mean, you could think of a two with you know, Henderson and, and Chan or something like that, mm. but I, I don't think we can play that formation again with with Jared really I mean there's, there's nobody who we can put alongside him who's going to give us enough really especially against the top teams and I, I think what's interesting Harry about the game on Saturday was I, I mean I totally agree that we shouldn't play a two but I think actually the bigger impact on Saturday was not that Jared can't play in a two but that it just completely takes Henderson out of the game yeah completely I mean, agree I, I, I think Jared next to someone you know who well I agree with Jared, but the issue is that it wasn't Gerrard can't play in a two, therefore Gerrard got exposed. It was that Gerrard can't play in a two, so we have to put Henderson next to him, and that just exactly. took Henderson completely out of the game. Harry, uh, we've talked there about a couple of the, the, the lessons that we've learned, um, and that was basically what, was, what I, was, I was leading into there, but you guys have kind of uh, come to them by yourselves. The other lesson that seems to be glaring is that if you've got uh, a wonderful player um, uh, who can influence a game, i.e. Raheem Sterling, you start him, surely. Yeah, I mean, you you saw the ovation you know, he got when he came off the bench, and um, you know, for a nineteen-year-old, that's pretty staggering. And uh, but it, you know, it's 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 not undeserved. You you saw the influence he had when he came on, as lively as buzzing at them. They were clearly scared of him. And of course, you know, you talk about you know that fear factor that we, you know, some people think we we may have lost with Suarez, but you know, the way he's playing, he's he's got that fear factor back, and. Um, you could see that some of the defenders were, you know, they weren't looking forward to it. And I mean, I, I, I don't know about what what Dave was saying about that's a worse miss than Lambert from Sterling. I mean, I haven't looked at it too much, but 
from from what I, I remember, did he? He got blocked, didn't he? He, he just just got blocked by by, uh, Hend- by Henderson's right? arse. Yeah, and 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 from what I remember, it was I was pretty sure he was going to score with it. So, you know, or, I, might, you know I, I might be being a bit harsh on him there, but I'm, I mean, <laughs> you're entitled. Yeah, because the uh, Jesus, the, 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 the game had no chances in it anyway, so that, that sticks out in my head. You know, sore thumb. But I mean, I mean, Sterling is you know at the moment he you know, at, when he's fit he's undroppable. So maybe Brendan could have pushed him. Maybe maybe it wasn't the game to to rest him. But yeah, if he has a stormer tomorrow night and you know, you know sets up you know assists and scores too, you know, I'm sure none of us are going to be complaining. But mm. You you can see how important he is, you know, and um, especially when you're lacking Allen, we did need somebody, um, you know, like him to you know, to push the you know, push their defense back and, and genuinely get them scared and you know, pressure them a bit. Especially when you're playing Henderson, Henderson so so deep, like you know, like Dave was saying, you you completely take away from what's you know most exciting about his game, and you also miss those runs as well because Coutinho is not going to make the runs that Henderson's been making this season so far, so you, you don't even get that threat with him as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's ironic because we all know Coutinho is a, he looks a different player when he goes you know, you know ten yards deeper than he is you know right now. So yeah, it was, it was a confusing, and you, you could argue we should put Sterling in from the start. I mean, yeah, if, if it was if it was up to me, you, you chuck him on earlier, chuck him on at half time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm sure he's he's looking after him, and uh, I think we all know how you know, invaluable he's going to be for us this season. So. I, I don't mind us showing you know a bit of caution with that. And then one thing I was going to say was about Markovic and Lalana. Um, you're saying Lalana's not a wide man. He definitely didn't look a wide player to me. Um, Markovic as well seemed far more comfortable when he was drifting, drifting inside. So I, I was just thinking, yeah, maybe apart from Sterling, who's gotten better at that just because he's you know force of nature. Do we have any genuine wide players who who, who enjoy hugging the touchline? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, sure. Who wants who wants them? I mean, like we hope that Markovic is more tuned than Stuart Downing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you know, no, he, lo- he looks like that modern uh, winger that wants to come in and put defenders in their back foot and and make them trip over themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd hate to think that he's just one of those that gets to the line and then pumps the ball in. What were you going to say on Sterling as well, Andy? Yeah, it's just like look, I'd be naive to think that Rogers doesn't know his players best and he's consulting with fitness coaches and everything else. But um, sometimes a risk is worth taking, and I don't think Suarez, if he came back from Uruguay, Uruguay after playing 180 minutes, that he'd be dropped. Yeah, exactly. So, like Sterling, maybe he was carried. We don't know. We never know the full story. But um, it was it was it was a risk that uh, didn't pay off. And I mean, he's our best player now, Sterling. So you know, well, storage and whatever he is. So. Don't yeah, just just don't fucking drop the fella. I know he's nineteen, but he it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, you ha, you know you, you either trust him or you don't. That's absolutely perfect way to end the review. Then thanks, lads. Harry, brilliant stuff. Cheers, mate. Right, let's look forward to West Ham versus Liverpool. Um, <laughs> there's not going to be too many surprises, really, Jay. Are there with uh, with with uh, Sam Allardyce and his side? Um, what do you think Liverpool can expect when we go there? Well, last season was a bit of a, it was a very difficult game when we were going for the title. It was, it was one of them games where I thought we could have slipped up, really. And it's Sam Allardyce always sets his team up a certain way and he's playing a certain manner that 
it's very difficult to play against them really they've got loads of big powerful presences in that side and it's just horrible really to play against them there was all the rumours last season about the way you, things that he'd done it was dead dry the pitch where they hadn't like watered the pitch and mm. he made coach park like a little bit further away from yeah, the yeah, yeah. and all that so it's kidology isn't it you know what I mean like he's, he's he doesn't really like Liverpool in the past. We've had like plenty of run-ins with him when the Rafa days. He, he didn't really like Rafa Benitez at all, and he had plenty of run-ins like um, back in the day. But it's like anything else. West Ham are not a very good team at all, and for me, I think it's a vitally important game now because losing to Aston Villa, all of a sudden we've played four games and we've lost two of them. So. West Ham suddenly becomes a massive, massive game for Liverpool and mm. hopefully the likes of Joe Allen and Skirt will be back. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Skirt, but I think out of the three centre-halves, the main centre-halves that we, we choose upon, I just think realistically he's, he's the, the one Mario that Rodgers likes the most at the moment. I mean, I just think he's because he's more experienced in the sense of he's been at the football club for six, seven years now. I just think he's the one that he probably choose and if he's back, maybe he'll come into the side. I know Dave said earlier on today, didn't you, on Twitter to me that you don't think he will do, but I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I just think with Lovren, even though he's right-sided, he prefers to play on the left, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I just think if Skirtle is fit to go, I think he'll probably start Skirtle with, with uh, Lovren, to be honest with you. But um, Joe Allen, for me, is very key because away from home, obviously, if he can come into the midfield area and offer that little bit of protection to Gerrard with Henderson as well, Again, you know, it shoots us down to the ground with the, the diamond formation. So, from that point of view, I think if Joe Allen is fit to return, get him in the team because he's vital to this Liverpool team at the moment. Um, but like I say, it's early days, but it's again, I think Liverpool needs to win. And um, we, we've done all right at West Ham, haven't we, over the last few years? So, I'm expecting Liverpool to bounce back. Yeah, well, that's, let's hope that's the case, Dave. It's a fair point that's, that's being made there that, look, they're going to be the same. Um, you can you know what to expect from them. Um, is it a matter of us adjusting or do we just go and we be the same, we play our game? I mean, I think the, the problem we've got is so much of our game is dependent on on Sturridge. Is, you know, that movement up front, mm. you know, whether it was Sturridge and Suarez last season and, and you know, Sturridge and Sterling this season. Um, if we don't have storage, I I wonder. What, you know, first of all, a lot of the changes will depend on how we do uh, in the Champions League. So, if we defensively do really well and keep a clean sheet, I don't think he makes a change after that. You know, Rogers tends to make changes after something bad happens. He tends to, you know, if we get a good result, he tends to stick with it. Um, I think looking ahead, he if Alan's fit, Alan plays, which is great. I just wonder will he start Lambert. And Baratelli up front and play play the diamond, but have a bit more of a physical presence up front, and you know try try to beat them kind of at their own game a little bit and go a little bit more physical. Because yeah. um, we haven't got Emre Jean, we haven't got Sturridge, uh, who I think in you know everyone being fit, those two start this game. You know, you know all things being equal. Um, I'm not saying I would start Lamb, but I just wonder if that might be something he'll look at and go. Yeah, you know, we're going to go slightly different. We're going to have two up front, but instead of two mobile, or, or you know, two very mobile forwards, we'll have one kind of, and he will be static, one kind of static forward in Lambert and let Balotelli move around a little bit. Um, because I, I don't see Markovic playing. I think it's a big, big game away at West Ham to put, put Markovic in. Um, so, you know, maybe it's uh, Lalana 
you know, maybe it's Sterling, I don't know. So, yeah, I think he's got a few options, but a lot of the changes will depend on what happens in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think, you know, it's going to be a dog of a fight and we've, you know, we've got to have people who are up for it. And that's why I don't think the likes of Markovic, I don't think they play that game. Interesting, I feel. Yes, it will be a bit of a a dogfight, but so much is dependent on recovery from injuries and what happens tomorrow night. So, in the Champions League game, so I mean, we can't really predict a Liverpool lineup. No, we can predict West Ham. It's it's, well, I don't think our lineup changes massively. If you know, in terms of he knows going to West Ham off the back of the Aston Villa defeat that he needs to, preferably he needs to get a win, right? Mm And coming back to it, if you look at last year, when we came back after the international break, we lost 1-0 to Southampton in our first match after the international break, and that was at home. We then went to Swansea and drew 2 all. We then went to Newcastle and drew 2 all. And we we coughed up points in those three games after the international break, and that was without Champions League thrown in as well. So the new added, we we put a squad together and we're saying, like, we've lost Emery Chan, right? We've lost Joe Allen through injury for for the Champions League game. Let's hope he's fit for the weekend because we're going to need him. The the team is going to need freshening come the weekend, regardless, right? People could pick up knocks and all before the actual game. So I'm looking at it, I'm saying, for me, anyway, the biggest part, the biggest impact on the game is two things. And as, as I said in the review, Balotelli needs somebody. Up forward with him, right? Because he, he, for, he, for me, he's not effective on his own. It's 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 mirroring what Jay said in our Champions League preview show. It's 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 he isn't effective up front on his own. In the same way, Sturridge isn't effective up front on his own. And if you look at them as a pair against Spurs, they work perfectly. Balotelli's able to pull out. He holds the ball up. He gives Sturridge the freedom to move around. When Sturridge goes, then Balotelli suddenly has more space on the pitch. And we need somebody. Uh, for me, anyway, Balotelli is that type of physical. Presence. If we play Lambert against them, you've got the same physical presence, and you've got you don't you still don't have really the movement that say Coutinho or even Land is going to thrive on in terms of true balls to the to the centre forwards. Mm. So again, I'd play assuming Sterling comes through the game fit. I'd I'd start him. I'd start him. He would be my default player to go to in Sturridge's absence to play alongside Balotelli because he'll give us the movement. He is a goal threat, and he can play. And you know he, he's quick over the ground, and he'll also press up high. If you if you want to think back to Suarez, one of the things that was missing. Uh, you know, from when I looked at it, was not so much that we miss Suarez, but what everyone is expecting our forwards to do the same pressing that Suarez does. And I said it to, to I said it to Graham Kelly uh, uh, when we were talking about the game. I said, look, you know, the one thing about Suarez is no centre forward in the world Nobody does what he that. does, yeah, right? Yeah. So you, you have to accept that whatever player you bring in to replace him in the team or whatever way the team plays you're not going to get the same level of action going up on front in terms of pressing defenders I do think though that Sterling will do it a bit more than say Sturridge will because Sterling naturally presses players he goes and looks to force the error and I think that's why for me Sterling is the big man to come in there the other the other worry I have it's not so much at the back I wouldn't bring Skirtlin I, I, I really don't rate him now as a centre back in the way that that back four plays because he's co- totally out of sync with the way they want to play but most importantly Mignolet he was at fault for the goal um, against West Ham, the opening goal against West Ham last year. And I know he was fouled by Andy Carroll, right? After that instant, he was actually brilliant because he, 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 he came on, he came for everything, attacked it. 
as I was saying in the review, he was very poor on Saturday. Very poor. He's so indecisive on the ball. And it was such a contrast to when the game I saw him against Southampton, where he was really positive, really aggressive. And he's regressed. He's back on his line. He was. He didn't know where to come. He didn't know where to go. When you looked at the goal that we gave away, he half came for, for the initial corner. But, you know, it was never his ball to come for. There was, other, there was another one in the early in the first half where he punched a weak punch and it fell. And he never even recovered back to the middle of the goal. I was looking at it. It was a good five seconds before he got back to the middle of the goal. And the shot had already come off at this stage Mignolet Fats, West Sam as I'm now calling them right it's going to West it's, Sam yeah it's going yeah. are going to pump the ball in on top we know they are for me that's why Sacco must start because he's, he's, he's probably our best defender aerially mm. and I wouldn't change love him because despite what he did on, on Saturday he does. He is a good header normally on set pieces, um, and I do think our defence has looked better as a defence in with that four than even with the with, with anyone else in it um, in comparison to last season. So I think we need to persevere. I said it when when they went in. We need to persevere with them for at least ten games, yeah. and I wouldn't be up for changing it. Would you like to have seen them spend the entire week practicing defending set pieces? Because <laughs> frankly, they're going to need to, aren't they? Well, uh, uh, the, the one element of concern I have is Lovren's comments about you know. Um, we know Weston Villa are, are a good set-piece side. Well, Christ, if they're a good set-piece side, it's going to be a tidal wave yeah. of set-pieces coming down on top of you because all they do is look to get into wide areas and, and, and get balls into the box. And Kevin Nolan is the type of fella who, in the box, do, will do what Agbon Lahore do, scrappy, horrible, bally drop fucking dinkler over the line. Bally drop dinklers. Yeah. I hate them fucking things. I, I, think, I think the aerial bombardment, in a way, though, you know, might shoot, might shoot us a little bit as well because we know what we're facing. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. it's... You know, I think sometimes it's it's like right. We know what's going to happen. They know they're going to drop it in. I think you know, Jared's a big guy. So he's going to play in the bottom of the diamond or the bottom of the midfield. So he's going to win all of those balls. We should clean up the second balls. The thing I like about Lover and Asako versus Skirtle is that they'll come and try to clear the second ball instead of yep. they try to win the first ball and then drop five yards. Yep. Mm. You know, so Lovren, and he's going to look stupid sometimes, right? And we're going to have to keep saying this about Lovren, he's going to look stupid. Mm. So is Sacco sometimes, right? Because they're going to come and try and win everything. And when you try to win everything, you you make mistakes. Yeah, but that's the thing though, Dave, isn't it? If, if, if Brendan does revert to type and instead of acting the fucking dickhead like he did at the weekend and we have Stevie Gerrard back splitting the centre halves and doing that, his supplementary centre half role, yep. as you say, that's really, really important for well, us because he is brilliant yeah. in the air. Jared against so is Mankeo. Yeah, and so he's, is he's six foot plus. Yeah. yeah, our back four is is, is so much bigger yeah. as a unit, with the exception of Reino, our, our back four is so much is such a big, tall unit in terms of and should be able to deal with the balls early. And that's the frustration. But I think, as I said in the review, Mignolet brings an awful lot of indecision in that back four. And, and actually, it was the first time Rogers has called him out about it that he isn't commanding and he hasn't been commanding. He's vocal. I'll say one thing, he's, he's a lot more vocal than he was last year, mm. but watch him, he is so indecisive, he starts coming, he drops back. Jay, did you see that? And I know we talked about it in, in the review earlier, but did you notice that about him? He starts coming for about three or four crosses and goes back onto his line and his defenders don't know what he's going to do himself. Yeah, he, he just doesn't convince me at all. He, he just doesn't instill any confidence in that back line and I've said it numerous times on various things that I've done, radio and podcasts. I mean, mm. it's just even when the ball's at his feet as well, you just your heart's in your mouth. And mm. I mean, listen, he's he's only a young goalkeeper still, and he is quite a good shot stopper. But I just think when to be to be a good enough goalkeeper, you've got to have other strings to your bow. And I just think he doesn't command his box enough. He's indecisive, and with the ball at his feet, as I've just said there. I just you don't know what's going to happen. You're thinking, oh, what's going, what's happening here? Like, is he going to give the ball away or going to put us under pressure? I'm just not convinced by him at all, and that's not me getting on the lads' back. I just think we need a better goalkeeper. And I mean, you know, you, it's one of them, isn't it? 
when when your keeper is not commanding enough, it puts like doubt in in the centre half minds, and I think it's an accumulation of things. You know, from that point of view, it's Liverpool look really dodgy from from the central areas. Fullbacks are pretty good, aren't they? I mean, obviously Moreno and Manquillo look quite good to me, but I, I just think it's um, we're struggling in the centre because. Even with Gerrard playing in front of that back, you know the two centre halves. I don't think that's ideal either because he's playing in a position that he's only really started learning from, like January onwards, hasn't he? Yeah. So it is a massive problem. But I do think the root of the problem could very well be Mignolet. Yeah, well, we've been joined in the bunker here by television star Andy Young. Um, <laughs> He's been here since the review, Trev, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what happened. We didn't, we didn't record this before in the review. <laughs> we've, been, is... we've been rejoined yeah. by Andy. Andy. He's come back from the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> is everything still shite in the toilets, Andy? <laughs> you were gone a long They're time. They're all now, shite. Andy. Yeah. Uh, Andy, are you, are you as nervous as the lads here about uh, the, the mini lay and defence setup? Um, facing into Fat Salmon is is Shara Luggers. Um, yeah, yeah. Like after a result like that, you you start to think very negatively. Like you know, you're thinking this could get this could get this is all shit. No, you're thinking this could get sour very quick. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay, whatever happens tomorrow night in Europe, and then you go and you don't win against West Ham. All of a sudden, you're looking at the the league and. The dream's out, you know, the dream is starting to be out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm so looking, glad you came in at the Jacks at this particular time. You're looking at last season and you're saying, Jesus, oh, I wish we were back there again. And, you know, so you're ne- I'm nervous in that way. But, I, no, look, I'm more positive about what's happening at, at the back four than I have been yeah. ever before. Well, that's it. People need to get a grip and just you know, be patient with it, don't they? And just hold hold. Absolutely. Hold like, we've seen very positive signs yeah. uh, against Spurs. They weren't tested really on Saturday at yeah. all, only for the... The fuck up, like, yeah. Uh, again, you know, we all have doubts over him. You know, he, there's better goalkeepers, but he's doing a he's doing a job. Mm. But there's always better out there. Mm. I mean, I I was kind of half wondering where they going to go for their goalkeeper during the summer. Mm. But you just don't know when Valdez comes in, the kind of pressure you might put on him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think everyone's kind of excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I I, I said to you. Um, not on here, but I said if Valdez comes in, I definitely think he takes the number one jersey before the end of the season. Presuming he, he did, see, he actually did say it here. Did I say it here? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the Alzheimer's kicking in. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, right. Well, look. Um, is there any tweet? Like, there's, there's, a, there's so much. Like I said earlier on, there's so much vagueness relating to injuries and what might happen in the in the European match. It's very difficult to predict the lineup. So we go straight to predictions then and see how we think this one's going to go. Um, Jay, I'll start with yourself. How do you see this game going? I think it's very important that Liverpool win the game because, as I said before, you know, it's four games in and we've lost two already. And if we would have beat Aston Villa at the weekend, I think I probably would have taken a point maybe against West Ham. But I think now, because we've lost that game, which it was a shock to the system, really. So you're looking at this West Ham game now thinking a point, really. It's not enough. We've got to go there and get a victory. And after that, we've got the derby against Everton. So, you know... The way I see it, it's it's vitally important that we win the game, and it won't be easy because, like I say, West Ham the way they set up, the way Allardyce has got them well drilled and all that, it's it won't be easy at all. But I think with this Liverpool team, now, maybe we are a little bit more suited away from home because the Spurs game we were outstanding, weren't we? And it could have been another five 0 really. 
Um, even when you look to the Man City game, before Manchester City scored that goal right on half time, Liverpool were he hadn't created many opportunities, but Liverpool were the better team, I thought. And yeah. Yeah. maybe it was the case that we are a little bit better away from home and hopefully against West Ham it'll be a bit similar to the Tottenham game. But in all honesty, I can't see it being like that because as I just said there, Sam Allardyce teams are really difficult to play against and they're very physical. And I think some of the points made before about Ricky Lambert starting, I think there's a possibility that he could, in all honesty. I mean, I, I know when you asked my opinion before, I was just concentrating on Joe Allen and Martin Scale maybe coming back into the side. But he could shake it up and he could start Lambert because he hasn't, he hasn't started a game yet, has he? So I think maybe this could be the type of game where he does start because he gives us that little bit of a different dimension against a team like West Ham. You're not going to come up against many West teams who play like West Ham, are you? Throughout the season. So maybe this is the type of game that he could play Lambert in. So that's a very interesting one as well. But um, you'd have to say it's a must-win game for me and I do think we will win. I think we'll win 2-1. 2-1, OK. Uh, Andy, uh, a lot of interesting points that are made by Jay. How do you see it going? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a must-win now at this stage. Like, we have to catch up now on the whole two-point per, per game average. Um it's just hard to be upbeat. Like, you know, you'd hope he goes back to a diamond and I wouldn't mind seeing Lambert and Balotelli start up front. Mm. And I think if Balotelli's as isolated as he was on Saturday, he's not going to do anything again. Yep. So, <clears throat> you need to put someone up there. With him. If that's Sterling or that's Lambert, so be it. But, if he goes to a diamond and no team, no matter who they are, sit back completely at home. So, that, that will suit Liverpool and cause him, you know, that we can kind of test them a bit more and, you know, get the defenders isolated. So I think if they do that, yeah, I mean, Liverpool are liable to go and thump them 3-0 three, three or whatever, but I'm not feeling it right now. Mm. So I'm going to have to say a draw. You maybe, think you Maybe 2-2. Two, two. Okay, okay. Uh, Dave? Well, personally, I'm not having the fifth game of the season as a must-win game. So for right. me, I, I think, you know, we're all... We're all feeling the fear at the moment after mm. the game. I understand that. That's like, it, you know, it? Yeah. I understand it. I totally get it. But for me, nothing's changed. It was mm. a bad day at the office, but nothing has changed to where I was after the Spurs game. You know, the Spurs game was not it was not a mirage. It's not like we, you know, played like that and we're never gonna get there before. The per- the Spurs game was far more reflective of how we have played for the last year than the Villa game was. So I'm going Odds are we're going to play more like Spurs more often than we're going to play like Villa more often. Mm, so mm. as far as I'm concerned, you know, if we drew with West Ham, West Ham's a tough place to go, right? Our record there is absolutely terrible, right? Mm. You know, if you look over the course of the Premier League, most teams' record there is actually not that great. So as far as I'm concerned, if it was a draw, we'd be downhearted. I totally get why the fear would creep in, but it's not a must-win game for me. Saying that, I think we'll win. And I've got a, I've got a sneaky feeling... Sturridge might make the bench for that game. Mm. I just I think we're mm. some of the messages we put out about his bit, injury. Bit like a bit like the Stoke away game yeah, last year, where yeah. remember he came on and he he gave us twenty minutes. Yeah, I yeah. just yeah. got a funny feeling. Like he's had three, he would have had three weeks off by the time West Ham comes up. Yeah. I think he might make the bench for that game, and I think that gives everyone a lift. And I think we'll mm. win. So you see a win. Um, yeah, I think you can't underestimate the cynicism of a Sam Allardyce setup, but um, <laughs> I can imagine that we, they will try to stifle us, and they will be. Absolute yard dogs, but like I said in the um, in the other ga- uh, the, the other preview, which we recorded on a completely separate occasion, um, <laughs> I think 
Balotelli will, 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 will start working his magic. I really do. I know Andy's looking over me going, oh, fuck off. But he will. Especially I, after the slaughter Andy gave him in the I <laughs> But I actually do. I think Mario might be the difference. I think he's going to go on a little run for us. So I see a Liverpool win. Phil? Uh, 4-0 to West Ham. Of course. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Jay, j- Jay, just before you go, is, is any word on that Valdez thing or is it still just rumour and smoke at the moment? You know what, to be honest, um, it's gone really quiet and um, I spoke to Chris Bascom about it recently mm. and he said that it's nowhere near as close as what people are suggesting. Right. It was Gil and Balagay, wasn't it, who, who was making out as though it was basically a done deal when he yeah. basically proves his fitness. It's it's going to happen. Um, there was other rumours as well that I heard via, it was via James Pierce. He didn't tell me directly, like, but it was something to do with his wages because he was asked a question about... Um, really command big wages because obviously he was meant to be going to Monaco, wasn't yeah. he, on a, on a book of deal. Mm-hmm. And then he got it and then it fell through and people are assuming because he must have been getting around 100 grand a week or even more, to be honest. So a lot of people automatically thought if he's coming to Liverpool, Liverpool would be paying him that sort of wage. But I'm led to believe it won't be anywhere near that. I mean, around 70 grand a week, that's what I've heard. And that was via James Pierce. But like I say, I mean, from my point of view, I think it just depends on his fitness, doesn't it? Because it's a bad injury what he's had. So if he doesn't prove his fitness, then you know we're not going to sign him. Simple as that. But mm. I do think we do need another another goalkeeper, um, and because of his experience and all that, I think he'd be an astute signing. But like I say, there's been it's all gone quiet on that that uh, signing now. So. It's just a case of waiting and seeing because I don't think people were expecting to get him anyway until around October, November time, where really. yeah, so exactly. it's just a waiting game for now. Watch this space. All right, thanks a million, Jay. That's great. Okay, no problem. Cheers, Cheers right. See you now. Yeah. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> <laughs> With Trev. <laughs> right, let's begin our Trippers Chat with uh, a little topic that... F- Phil wants to bring up. Uh, I know it's uh, something that you're thinking about there a lot, um, yep. Phil, and yep. um, you're a very deep thinker on the game. And I, um, you wanted to talk about the the, the crowd at Anfield. Yeah, and this isn't to get at the people who go to the matches because it's not. What I think is, you know, we're talking about the atmosphere uh, earlier on. We we're saying that it was quite quiet on on Saturday, right? Mm. Um, and that the away fans are making lots of noise. One of the key things that gets to me is that, you know, when away teams come to Anfield, they're in the bottom of the Annie Road, uh, the Annie Road stand, right? They're in a compacted area, sort of down towards the goal, and when they scream and shout, the sound reverberates around the actual ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our singing or our sort of noisy crew where the, where, where the crews will be will be up at the back, buried right up the back of the cop mm. in 305, 306, 307, right? And they are singing away because you can hear, if you're in the cop, you'll hear them singing away during the actual game. Hear them in the cop. But yeah. it doesn't come out around the ground. Yeah. It's only when the occasional chant takes off that it goes around the actual ground. If you look at most of the big European clubs, they put their hardcore ultras behind their, their, their goal. So it will be behind the cop goal. Now, I know that there's the season tickets and people have their tickets and that's where they sit in the whole lot, right? But I think you would improve the sound in the ground, right? You'd make, a, 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 you'd make that all sort of, the, the classic sort of atmosphere and noise of Anfield is if you move those rows at the back of the cup down behind the goal and let them go mad for the whole fucking game, mm. basically. And so you get that, you know, when they sing, you'll hear that around the ground. It'll be behind the goal. Could you imagine a team attacking the cup play with Mignolais in there and you have all the lads bouncing around and going mental as, as, as they're coming towards it? There's intimidation. There's more intimidation there than, than it is by burying it way up the back. Now, I know that one of the things that, that said is there, like, you know, that an awful lot of them will stand when they want 
watch the actual game, right? And they don't want to sit down in the actual seats, and you know that's that's where it, it, it's up there. But you know, the debate has to be opened. We have to we have to look at this and say what makes the best atmosphere in Anfield. We 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 pride ourselves on having a great set of fans. Look at when our away fans go away, the noise and the but sound. But that's why the, the complacency sets in so because it, there is that belief and there is that on on a European night, it, the whole stadium is like where you're yeah. talking about. You'd like the pocket of it to be. Yeah. So that's but, why the complacency sets. But in. you have you still have that group of fans to go to the away games still singing and all but it's just buried at the back of the stand move it down and get the noise out around the actual ground yeah I, I don't know about that now um, the, the beauty of, of Anfield is it, it all happens so naturally like Liverpool come from a long history of songs just starting out of nowhere mm. and, and kicking on now I think if it ever got out that Liverpool which is known as one of the best atmospheres in, in the country were making manoeuvres to make it better it's, it'd be very very cringeworthy Um I think personally that uh, over the over the years, I've noticed a lot of the humour's gone from Anfield. There was always a fella, always a character nearby, Someone, yeah, wherever you were, make cracking a few jokes yeah. and everyone laughing. Yeah. I don't know whether it comes down to the whole out of towny thing, or you know whether whether scousers want to admit it. You know, sometimes you, you've got them fellas who who are blatant and they're on Twitter and they're abusing uh, fellas travelling from London or Wales or, or Dublin or whatever and they, they're not happy with it but then there's a there's an undercurrent I think of that's resonating that a lot of them just aren't happy but they won't say it mm. so y- y- there's a little bit of a little bit of uh, not hate in the crowd but just a little bit of cynicism mm. amongst the fans you don't really see it as much so like the party atmosphere seems to have just drifted away that's 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 my read on it. Yeah. Now, okay, there's still a few characters in the crowd. You, you hear them, but it's just not. <laughs> your, man, your man that does the whistles and directs yeah. the, the defense. There's a fella behind me. My brother sees and take on. Uh, he he thinks he's directing the the pitch like he's yeah. whistling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's yeah. whistling. No, he is. The, the lads will say he's whistling. <laughs> he's whistling and tell him, you know, come over, come over, get over. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to pull wide. You need to pull wide. Oh, you know, get on, out. get on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you want they're the characters you want. There was a, there was yeah. there's always someone like that a couple of seats yeah. away from you who's just chatting away yeah. at his own pace. Yeah. And like, I, look, as as a grumpy old bastard, I will defend every grumpy old bastard's right to go to a pitch, or go to a match, and cr- cry for the entire match if they want, and moan and piss and whine if they want. They yeah. can do that. But like, I. Think I don't. I've been the opposite. I think if you go to the game, right now, and I know there's an age thing, right? But if you go to the game, you have a there's a there's there's an onus on you, right, to be to, to bring the atmosphere. Yeah, I think that's more for the occasional match attender feels that and they but wear I, that. No, this, but this, I, I think this is easily fixed, right? Yeah. What do you want to do? Is some people are saying, "Oh my God, we're going to have goal music. We shouldn't have goal music. We should have music all the way through." Right, like, <laughs> no. Listen, where, are you, where are listen, you going with this, Dave? But, but not, not, not like pop music, like a score, like a orchestra. <laughs> right, and what happens? Well, the, the English brass band. No, <laughs> no, like a full-on orchestra. Right, piping music in, and then when someone's running down the wing, it'll do a little, 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 little. <laughs> and then you know, well, that, instead of shouting "man on," the trumpet goes "do do." You know, and as we're going down, it's going almost a go. The drums start. You know, and then have a score, and I tell you what. Forget the commentators, forget the crowd. Just take out the first two rows at the top, <laughs> put an orchestra in there. I'm telling you now, the atmosphere would be fucking. Well, that's that fucking sorted. There's actually but, no point. Uh, yeah. that as well, uh, Trev. I, yeah, I think the, the club needs to play a part in this as well. Go on. Because I saw some reports during the week. Didn't they stop the Spine Cop Group doing the memorial for the Champions League game? Yeah. And I, I saw the reports over Twitter of lads who were at the game, at the Villa game, 
and they were standing up and you know singing and giving it large and uh, some stewards came over and told them sit down and they stood up another couple of times and were trying to be kicked out and stuff like that. So, you know, the club needs to play a part in this as well and understand that our fan base, you know, they, we are some of the best fans out there. We do like to enjoy ourselves when we get to the game. So maybe the club needs to relax a little bit there and go, look, we need the atmosphere there. That's all part of it. Yeah. But, you know, if, 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 if you get... It's like that when the away fans go, right? They all go with the same mindset. And coming back to the, oh, you know, it, it, if you go every week, sure, you wouldn't be up for it or whatever, right? But like, they go to every away game. And they're always up for the away games. They're always making noise. They're always having the crack. That's because the lot of them are in a group together. They're, mm. in a, they're in a big group together and the noise just disseminates around them oh, yeah, because no, they're no. for it. So my, if, my point was that you, you used the word onus, Phil. And uh, like... I don't think anyone should feel a responsibility to do anything when they go to watch their team. They can go and do. I now, think. They, I think. I'd like if they did. Support them. Yeah, I'd like if they did. That's a different thing. And I'm actually saying I'd like if they did. But you know, I don't think you Protection. can. Protection. I'm saying you put your ultras behind the goal, like like or the, an like, orchestra, like, or an orchestra, <laughs> or an orchestra, <laughs> or an, a, an ultra orchestra. <laughs> no, look, it's gonna be. It's gonna be the, to watch uh, Star Wars with John Williams' music playing with an orchestra live in the park. That's what it could be like. Seriously, the incidental. There is a risk, though, that Mighty Red will get a conducting stick and stand We're behind the And if I was Mighty Red, I'd go and find that Jonah bastard in the crowd and I'd <laughs> kick him the fuck out of it. We need to talk about this, Phil. Uh, we need to talk about this. don't have to talk about it. Basically, I look, think we do, mate. Basically, I'm jinxed, right? Yeah, so we need to talk about why you should not go to games. Or did you not tell me there was some sort of solution that you had? Didn't there you work is, it out earlier there on? Is, there, there is, there is. a magic no, no, no. Man. Before he says this, how many games has it been? <laughs> How many games? How, yeah. When was the last time Liverpool won? How many games ago that you went to Anfield did Liverpool win? Well, you were at the Newcastle game. I wasn't at the game though. Yeah, we weren't. At, it, oh yeah, you yeah, were. I wasn't, I wasn't at the, the game. Ground. I'll give you. Well, a that's the solution. You Andy. can watch the game in a pub nearby. Nearby. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go uh, dressed up as Mad Wolf. Yeah, yeah. That's a different. Did you, did you yeah. see that stat from me earlier on? Actually, the last time I went as Mad Wolf, we won. Yeah, that was the there last time go. I had the wig. So how long ago was? How long ago was that? Oh yeah, did I see that was the Wigan. That was the Wigan match. Yeah, so five. So it's either that. Or it was the Wigan match in Rogers' fourth season. So that's <laughs> seven games ago that you. No, went to it's, it's about five games. Yeah, it's about five games at this stage. So you've been trying for five times at the M one. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 no, sorry, sorry. Actually, actually, it's not. You also have to throw in the friendly in the Aviva against Celtic. Holy shit! What was, the, what was this that anyway? I was just saying that the only time that they've actually lost, I've been twenty eight times to see them in total. I was adding it up there, and the only time they've lost is the time that I know he was in the crowd with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is fucking. That's so well, fucked that's, up. That's a good. Uh, that's that's a good record you have. That was a, it. Yeah. Was a class record until. But I don't fun. think uh, I, I I don't know how many times I'm not boasting, and but being a lot of times, but. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think I, I don't, I'm 74. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I don't affect the result at all. It, they, they, they win as much as they win. You know, if I'm not there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them beaten and I've seen them win a lot of games. I've seen them draw a lot of games. So thankfully, I'm safe. And he <laughs> says the same thing after every game. They were shite. <laughs> <laughs> shite. Yeah. It's heartbreaking though. It must be. It is. It's like it must it's be. Yeah. It is. No, no, but yeah. like for you, it must be. Uh, like, I mean, you, you must wear that quite heavily. I would. It that, is. Uh, it's, it's like. Do you, are you in the same stand all the time? Or no, I've, no, I've, I've gone. I've, I've, I've tried all the, the different sides of the ground. Mm. Would you the, go in with the away fans? Because maybe you might bring a bit of. That's bad what I was thinking. Them. The next time I think I'll go in with the away fans. Oh, that could work. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's got to be worth a try. But just don't fucking go. <laughs> There's also that. If or if you went, go, that means we are stuck with him. So you, know. <laughs> you could go to sword, really, one it? of the boxes and stay behind the glass. Yeah, so they don't. So see technically, it. not outside. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a TV in there, so you could be watching yeah. it. Yeah, Balotelli must TV. have a box. I'm sure he'd uh, he'd let you in if he. Molly, to finish us off, there's a question that's come in from Alex, and he's wondering. It's kind of topical, given the week that's in. Um, what do you do after a, a Liverpool loss? Is there any specific recovery plan that you have? Um, how do you work? How do you work it out, Molly? It's quite similar, really, to when you're younger and uh, a girl breaks up, Joe. That's how I deal with it. I kind of just pig out some pizza, ice cream, beer. <laughs> but that, that's the route I basically take. Right, indulgence. <laughs> indulgence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Sometimes I, I indulge myself in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll hold it there. Phil, how do you deal? I don't. You don't. You just you're just a miserable fucker just for it. Wallow for, the, for fucking. Do you wallow? Do yeah. you? Do yeah, you enjoy the wallow process? No. But I, I, in work today, like walking in, and they all know it was going over, and they all know my previous. It's fucking horrific games, at work, right? isn't it? And all, they spent their whole time just laughing. Yeah. Like they, look, at, they, and every question was, Jesus. Ha! <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? I, I was like, imagine going all the way over and then seeing them being beaten again. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. they're going, fucking hell. Yeah, it can be horrific. Yeah. It's so just, you, it's, so you don't deal. Is what you're saying? No, I don't. And like. Uh, so hard to deal with it. <laughs> Andy, how do you cope? It's more what I don't do. I just like I really just blank out football. I won't watch match of the day. I won't go on to Twitter. I won't go on to Facebook. I won't go on to anywhere where there's any sort of connection with people. Do you manage that? Do you? Do you totally blank it? Oh yeah, phone yeah. phone would be just left beside me. Really? Even, yeah. Like yeah. even if one of the lads wants to engage in a conversation about a different, completely different game, <laughs> you just no, not arsed. No, no. Yeah. Football, nothing. Really. Football's Thanks, dead man. for me after Liverpool. I don't yeah. want to see any more football. Exactly. Yeah. So you you know what I just. <laughs> There's nothing mad I do. I just avoid football. Just avoid it. Watch it. if there's something on that's completely non-football related. Watch it. Yeah. And uh, the worst feeling in the world for me isn't when the whistle goes and you've lost. It's the next morning. Do you know you wake yeah, up? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It sits on you. Know, you. I, I, yeah. Like I'm happy some mornings, and so you know, you know yourself. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, I'm you, happy you wake in the up mornings. and you're like, another fucking day. And <laughs> it might take, it might take uh, a few minutes, and then you go, oh, something's on my mind here. Oh, bollocks, Liverpool <laughs> lost yeah, yesterday, yeah, 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 yeah. and that's 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 a long day. Then yeah, you oh. know, fair enough. If a match finishes at six yeah. or seven in the evening, or even better if it, you know, if it's a late kickoff, you're going straight to bed and you can get away from it. But like you've a whole day then thinking about the fight. thinking about it and you've woke up and you've just been going like, for the next thing. Bollocks. Wasn't it like Liverpool the Twilight Zone on Saturday? We yeah. left in the dark. Oh yeah. And by the time we were yeah. coming home, we were in the dark again. And yeah. it was like, have we actually gone here? Did this happen or are we just yeah, stuck yes. in the car it's for weird. fucking never, yeah. And losing on a Saturday is worse than losing on a Sunday. Yeah. If you yeah. lose on a oh, Saturday. the weekend's bollocks. Your weekend's fucked. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I knew yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. that Manx especially were gonna fucking bash. Oh, that was just on stomach. Did they win, did they? Yeah, I didn't, didn't uh, have much coverage of that. Now, no. um, like that was the first time I hot footed out of ground. I think where mm. I'd, I'd not had a point even after. It's like just a little bit of a um, a debrief. Mm. You know, <laughs> the answer is at the bottom. Of, like if the kids are listening, the answer is at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> it is sometimes, isn't it? It is. You know, sometimes you just need it. To. it just it, a bit of alcohol soothes the soothes the pain. <laughs> You know, Responsible program. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we win twice now, so I can have a few drinks. Oh, did you just opt out of the beer even as well? It was yeah, just, look, I was driving, just, so I just I wasn't drinking oh, on, man, on the weekend. Grim. So it was like this this so sobriety. Yeah, that just, that whole thing then was was it? Would you <sighs> would I recommend it to anyone? Would you recommend would that I recommend as an experience being, being a Jonah to anyone? No, no, no. no, no. Actually, no. I I really enjoyed the day. 
I was going to ask we, you. We were out, yeah, we were out with Stephen Gerrard's gaff. I was going to say, you were, you were stalk, stalking Stevie. <laughs> buzzing around yeah. for me, yeah, trying yeah. to find out where Ballow's gaff was and, <laughs> and the whole lot. Yeah, Balotelli's uh, living in Formby at the moment. I, heard, I yeah, read about yeah. that and I was writing about it. He's going around high five the locals. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. let him live in the city centre. He wanted yeah. to yeah. 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 live in Liverpool. Yeah. Yes, I heard. No, that's not happening. Yeah, so we were buzzing around there. It was a great day, I read the first Balotelli story where he paid for everyone's field and Nando's I don't think that happened. No, no, it's, 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 it's the bullshit. But even uh, I don't know what he's is. Is he high fiving people at Farnby? I don't. I, I don't know what. That's what we were told when we we got into to, to Andy's mates gaffer and um, no, but she his his he was just saying he was getting his hair cut and the, the barber happened to mention that Balotelli was floating around. Yeah, now, yeah. He didn't, and all of a sudden, but he didn't say that he looked out the window and he's high fiving everyone. He just <laughs> oh, said, yeah, yeah. I just thought he passed by a couple of times. He's been <laughs> in. I, I yeah. don't know how he even knew because he would have been driving the camouflage Lamborghini around. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, he just blends yeah. right in, yeah. urban camouflage. Dave, so how we, do you cope with we, We're at a gaff, and all, uh, yeah, that's Gerard's gaff. And Andy's brother got out to post a letter in, in, in Gerard's letterbox, right? Not in his letterbox, but there's a letterbox. Which <laughs> Hang on, you did what? <laughs> there's a post box that there's you post put box. letters in, not his post box. <laughs> right, right. The, well, postman Pat comes along and collects them, right? So he going, oh yeah, I'm going to post it in, in the letterbox outside Gerard's gaff, right? So we got around. That wasn't the gaff. Well, <laughs> here it's uh, it's on Victoria Road. It's it's not it's not even like it, it would remind you kind of that a. Uh, Donnybrook Angsy Road or something like that. Road. Yeah, yeah. Road. There's not a there's not a shit gaff on the road, but his his house <laughs> no is, shit gaffs. No. His house is far from the nicest one. Really? Yeah, you want to see number fifty four. <laughs> 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 Seriously, oh, that was amazing. Else. Oh, like, that was uh, something else. Yeah, yeah. Th- like yeah. it was. It wasn't really sunny out, but the guy. We, that's that, that's Lucas's so they, had, they must have. Sunny, when we were all arrested, sunny by the machine. Dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> After being arrested and spending a couple of hours in the let's go <laughs> for safety reasons, I was going to say for for pestering the. Yeah, yeah we, well, we spun back around, and uh, his end isn't even a nice end. I'd See, say you don't have to get number eight. You were just like, cruising you know? up and down looking at <laughs> <laughs> God, This is fucking uh, brilliant. Uh, I can't get over this. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. Dave Rivers, my name. Dave Rivers, my name. Fucking elbows yeah. out the window. Oh, oh look at 55. It's a yeah. fucking class. And it's gone yeah. from funny yeah. to being a little bit. I've got to hold my hand up. I'm an asshole when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm just fascinated about. like. How do you mean? Rubbernecking, like? No, how the players live and how they look. Like what their lifestyle is like, you know. Right, and right, right. I mean, we're we're only talking about it. Like, I mean, if if I seen someone coming out of one of them houses, I'd be just mad to get out and ask them what they do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there you have it. The yeah. day trippers treading the border between yeah. creepy and fun oh, yeah. on a regular basis. Was it, was it, was it, was it with De- Deo's bar or something? What was the name of the place we had breakfast in? That was lovely. Wasn't it? Uh, the something else. <laughs> what was this fucking tripping? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, no, the, if anyone's if anyone's out that way, stalking Stevie's cat. First of all. Go see number 55. I'm not arsed about Steve, so I'll see 55. 55, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) It was lovely now. Uh, The next song I'm going to knock in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask him what he did. I was going, hey, uh, just just happened to be in the area. How do you get a house like this? Go <laughs> here, and if you're getting breakfast, get down to that lounge place and get the uh, the lounge eggs. It's it's eggs Benedict, basically. Yeah, you won't get eggs Benedict around Anfield, but you'll get it in Farmby. You'll get it in Farmby. It's, uh, it's fucking really nice. Well, that was uh, that was we're, entertaining we're and creepy. So yeah. thank you to both of you for that. What else did we do? 
you. <laughs> we got we got a train as well. We got we got a train. We got a train. Why did you get a train? Take you well, in your we, car. We got, no, I didn't drive over. We flew over. We well, we got over there. We got it picked up. Oh, you flew. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's like my mother telling me about her holiday. It's like every fucking stop <laughs> from the front door to the airport. <laughs> and then we met a fella yeah. and he had a hat had on. No, but it just, a lovely like, hat. If you think about it, the the highlight of the of of our little day trip wasn't a match because that was the biggest disaster. But pretty much everything <laughs> else on the day it was brilliant. Was, was, was brilliant. Was, was, was brilliant. Nice, I yeah. like. Uh, it was nice to get out about away yeah. from the city. At least nice just, to get out just, about. Just to see a different. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and and the, the train. We just and, and the train station. Did you see the celery? Yeah, they had celery. They had free celery yeah. in the train station. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Was, was, was a little sign saying. When when the crops are ready, take what you need. Dave yeah. Thomas is absolutely bored <laughs> shitless. He's on his phone. He's yeah. not even watching. Yeah. He's catting the arse. It's definitely worth like if anyone's over there for a couple of days, take a spin out. It's a nice little village and all you have, yeah. have, have a nice it's bit of grub. Nice just a nice anyways. place to be out. It's a yeah. beach, you know. There is a beach, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. That'll do. Finish with some admin, and we finish as usual by starting off with Astro Park. And I mentioned for them five and seven aside football. This is your key venue, so get down and book your game on astropark.ie. On the website at the moment, that's lfcdaytrippers.com. There's also the usual high level of content and a nice Campo Retro competition where you can win an LFC Retro top of your choice. So get and check that. Um, a word about Anfield FM with whom we should have our first monthly show out next week uh, this is one of a number of things that we have on the go to celebrate the fact that we'll be a big one year old very soon um, this will probably happen then again we may just stay in and sulk in our rooms um, also from the lads who are at the game um, the Villa game that is a big thanks to the lads at Future Cabs Liverpool who got them from Anfield back to the airport in plenty of time despite the evening kickoff and the gate closing at 9.15 the lads are on Twitter and you can get all their info at at Future Cabs L Pool um, finally um, make your uh, best effort to get and buy We Are Liverpool online it's on the Twitter feed and you can see how you can buy it there and your day trippers tonight were Harry Sethi Jay Riley, Moley Dave Thomas Phil Casey and myself Trev Downey Turn off your laptop we're on staycation I'm on TotalWine.com they have so many rosés chardonnays and proseccos it feels like a real vacation wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices Total Wine and more Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.